two grown ass men who are like, get out of the studio, we're doing our podcast. We're doing a pod, mom. <laughs> Did you ever, you ever listen to the Cramps uh, songs the Lord taught us? No. It's a really good album, but they did this thing where they included studio banter. Mm. And this was many. This was years before that shit got really common. Yeah. But it's but it's still terrible because it's it doesn't sound real. Yeah. Like the the one guy says nobody interrupts the cramps. It's like you didn't say that. Well, uh, yeah, no, I I think that most studio banter is really bad. There's um, there was one in Corn's uh, first album, right where. The last oh, I, I like that one because it kind of winds him up like, yeah. oh, like let's do it or something. And well, it, no, no, no. It's the one that's like really, really disturbing because he's like he's singing a song about like getting molested by his dad. Oh, that's the one where he cries. Yeah, he's crying. He's like, ah. And I remember <laughs> like listening to it a lot. I don't know what that did to my 11 or 12 year old brain, but I found that I found that very, very powerful as a child. <laughs> like, you know, I was like, damn, he's really. He's got emotions, but um, they're just an amazing band. That's all I gotta say. No, Corn is one of the best bands of all time. Dude, what is up with this new? You seen this Ghost thing going around? Everybody's like, yeah. get the new Ghost album. Yeah, yeah. Because it's got this really great imagery. Have you listened to that? I have not. No. It sounds like like it's definitely got new metal DNA in it, but it's mm-hmm. being embraced by all those people that just shit on new metal. Well, we've talked about this before, man. And the thing is, is that nobody will admit. That new that like bands that they like are new metal because we, we this happened when we mentioned the Deftones. Oh my god! The Deftones, yeah, that's, that's, like, Deftones is not new metal. It's like <laughs> it is one hundred percent new. Metal. Yeah, it's got hip hop beats, dude. Come on, yeah, come yeah. on. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this doesn't have hip hop beats, but it's got that that bright kind of I don't know. It's got that that fucking sound. It just sounds like you know not quite new metal. Who's that fucking guy? Who's the, that uh, the guitar riff is na 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 na. Oh, what the fuck song is that? Weird out. <laughs> no, I, I can't fucking remember it. Anyway, it's that, but it's in the same ballpark. And uh, but I, but this band has this amazing look. You talking about Papa Roach? Yes, yes. I don't know how I got that, but it just now clicked. <laughs> That's what you were doing. <laughs> and now that, now that I think about it, it doesn't sound anything like Papa Roach. But the <laughs> but Ghost has this this fucking look. It's got this these really cool you know really cool art and a really cool vibe. And I think that's enough to make people overlook the fact that they're partaking in some '90s, some '90s action. Well, there. I mean, but New Metal had some cool looks too. I mean, some of Mudvayne's shit was pretty cool when they were aliens. Remember that shit? Mudvayne yeah. was like they were like eight, they they went from being like demons and then they were all of a sudden <laughs> you know aliens from like a hive planet and they had all Isn't these like prog rock songs about being aliens that shit was tight. That, that's funny. That's like Iron Maiden's uh, whole arc. You know they're they're demon monsters and right. then they're like we're outer space demon monsters. Yeah, yeah, that's the progression, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, so are you ready for some dipshit heat, dude? I gotta say, like right out, this might be oh. this might be like my absolute least we, favorite movie that I that we've discussed on the pod. We so might far. we might have to retire after this because I feel like my whole life has been leading up to this moment. Yeah, yeah. I feel like dipshit heat just incorporates everything that pisses me off about everything. Like not even just movies, like life. Yeah. Like, well, okay. <laughs> so first of all, first the first thing that I want to say is um, I don't know whose idea it was 
to have Gerard Butler eating in every scene that he's in. <laughs> but it is the it's, most. I I have a thing, dude. Uh, I, I my 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 big thing. I. I can be a pretty I remember sloppy this. eater. I, I do. But... I remember you talking about this. Not to interrupt you. You talked yeah. about it with with the shape of water. You hate mouth clicking. You don't like it. Yeah, I hate I hate mouth sounds. I it's like reverse ASMR to me. Where if I hear it, <laughs> I just it, it, Brad Pitt does it a lot in his movies. I've heard a rumor somewhere that they do that because Brad Pitt's actually not a very good actor. So they just <laughs> constantly have him chewing things because apparently people who watch movies can't tell that actors are bad if they're chewing. I like, believe it. Yeah, it's like a I, I believe it because thing. because this fucking mook was by far the best part of the movie. And if it if that's because he had a couple of fucking donuts in his mouth, then Always. they made they made the right move. Can I just I just clearly want to plant my flag as far as the name dipshit heat because it seems to be going nationwide here. Yeah. And when I said it though, when I said it, it was based on the trailer. I had no idea how accurate it was. This movie is a beat for beat ripoff of heat. And how do you, how do you do that without acknowledging it? it? And I think I have a theory. I have a theory on it, but what, what do you think about that? Like, can you just make another version of a movie and not mention it today? You is absolutely that okay? can. You absolutely can. Yeah. No, I think that, um, I think it's completely fine to do that. And I think it's what Marvel's been doing since Marvel started. I mean, Marvel just pretty much remakes the same movies, right? They just change the, the window dressing, but maybe that's not fair because what you're saying is that dipshit heat is actually heat? It's just... actually. Do you think? Do we? Do, should we talk about what the real name of it is? Because I don't think we've ever mentioned oh. it. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it's called Den Whoops. of Thieves. But that's not what it's called. It's called dipshit heat. Dipshit heat. It's dip like... to dip to dip to dip dipshit heat. Dip to dip dip. They're making up the. They're making up the bank plans, and it's like. Okay, who ate all my crayons? Dip, 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 I love it. Yeah, I love it. And it's it's fucking three hours. How is that a thing? Somebody is taking it very seriously. This is the thing. This is what I don't understand. You can just copy a movie, and people do it all the time, but they do it overseas, and they do it like Roger Corman did it. Like with Battle Beyond the Stars, with Star Wars, they, they're just like, yeah, it's a cheapo. We're just going to throw this out there. People like that. You'll like this. Fuck it. We did it on the weekend. But this took billions of dollars and it's three hours and it clearly takes itself very seriously. Right. So this is why it, it just baffles me that you can copy a movie and do it straight faced and pretend like it didn't happen. Maybe the director is from another planet and maybe he's like, this is what you do here. Maybe he's I, – I, I, I need to get past that, I guess. But there's so many things that they just lifted directly from Heat. And maybe people don't know Heat as well as I do. I don't know. But can I just you, couldn't yeah, stop. Can we, how about we start off with a, a rough list of things? Oh, okay, sure. Well, I yeah. mean, it starts off with fucking... They're like... They start off with the Heat heist to, to a T. Mm-hmm. <laughs> except you can just tell somebody you know, was sitting there going, you know what, we, to one-up them? Let's do the shootout now. Mm-hmm. That shootout in heat that's earned after you spend two two hours with those guys. They're like, fuck it. Let's do it right now in the first 10 minutes mm-hmm. because we're because we're dipshit heat. Right. So, the, so they just start shooting the shit out of the cop cars, which is pleasing. You know, I got to admit, there's a lot of times that I enjoyed what I was looking at mm-hmm. while still hating the movie and hating myself. Mm-hmm. 
And one of those things is shooting up cop cars. There's a fine, long tradition of blowing the shit out of cop cars in movies. Yeah. And I think it's clearly just a way not to shoot a cop. Like, well, they you can't shoot show- cops in this movie, though. They do. They do. But they don't linger on it. They don't linger on the holes like they do with a cop car. And, mm. and it goes back to the Sam Peckinpah days. In, in Getaway, Steve McQueen, there's a beautiful sequence in The Getaway where he uh, he doesn't really need to do it either, which is, makes it even better. He has a shotgun, and he just in slow motion shotguns the shit out of this police car. Yeah. And when you watch it back in the 70s, you're thinking, that's that seems kind of, kind of transgressive. It seems kind of perverse, like... It's it's doing it's gratuitously blowing up this cop car. It's like that's as much as they could take apart a police officer. So when they do it in um, they do it in this movie, it feels a little similar because in Heat they just they shot up those cop cars and they had the same kind of effect, like over and over the same car just getting riddled with bullets. It there's something I don't know. It's kind of cathartic. Maybe it's just because the days you know the times we're in where to see any police abuse <laughs> can you can you get in trouble for showing cops getting killed in a movie is that a thing i don't think it is i think it you can get in trouble with your viewer i think that you can lose money mm-hmm. i think that the same kind of people that get that fucking get jacked up and go want to kick some ass and watch this movie they think they're hard-ass criminals but in their deepest you know soul they're authoritarians mm-hmm. so they don't like to see you know the police get killed right that's a sweeping generalization based on nothing. Yeah. Well, no, but I, th- I think that it actually goes. I was thinking myself when I was watching uh, this movie that like this feels like a movie that was made by bullies for bullies. <laughs> you know, like it just, it just it it has does. it has so many scenes of like helpless people being picked on by like cool guys. You know. Yeah. Like I mean, there's. The- there's the yeah. kid. There's the poor kid who's trying to take Fifty Cent's daughter out to the prom. Oh my god! And that's a fucking rip off of Bad Boys Two. Like they stopped yeah. ripping off Heat for a minute, and they said, "Let's do the scene from Bad Boys 2, But they bungled it. Right. Right. They yeah. fucking bung. Instead, they they have that reaction shot where they all like congratulate themselves on, "Oh, we're so bad." Yeah. And that's that's lame as shit. And they don't. They're not scary enough. Like Bad Boys Two actually was was funny because it got it went to a dark place. Right, right. No, Bad Bad Boys Two is a really underrated movie. But so what we're talking about in Den of Thieves, which is about um, I've never heard of it. What's Den of Thieves? Oh, it's called Dipshit Heat. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. You. Um, so in Dipshit Heat, basically the plot is uh, that there's some bank robbers and they have a big master plan. Which is to lift uh, lift weights. <laughs> which is to lift a lot of weights and steal money from the Federal Reserve. But we're also following a cast of, like, they're not really crooked cops. They're just, like, cops who are shitty people, who, like, beat people up and stuff to get information or whatever. They're, like, but, they're supposed but, ba- but, baby, it's, it's street theater, baby. Remember yeah. that line? It's yeah. street theater. Yeah, it's street theater, baby. <laughs> Oh, my God. But anyway, so there's this scene in it. There's this fucked up scene in it where uh, 50 Cent, who's one of the um, the bank robbers, his uh, his daughter's going to go to the prom with this kid. And the kid's like totally just a normal kid, you know. And uh, he tries to dap up 50 Cent, I think. And, and 50 Cent's like, let me, let, let me talk to you for a second. And he brings him into this room, and there's like 80 men with... <laughs> prison tattoos and he's basically like you're gonna bring her home but the right 
So basically, Fifty Cent in this scene apparently, I guess he wants to fuck his daughter or something. Like he's really <laughs> jealous about. Isn't that. that that's the deep dark secret, right? That's if you if you look deep enough at all those memes about people threatening to castrate anyone who dates their daughter, it's like you kind of come across as someone who wants to fuck your kid, dude. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should you shouldn't 100%. think of people dating him as a ah oh, fuck. Sure. I think that I think that might have. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I think that fixed it. I. Yeah, I put us on a different uh, different internet. I think that fixed it. Okay, I think cool. it might have been me. I don't know. But anyway, we were talking about the, those memes, those memes that show like men treating their daughter's dates as their sexual rivals. That's yeah. weird. Yeah, it really is. It's like, uh, yeah, I'll just let you know that I have a, I have a 45. And I'm, I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand like what is going on with you, dude. Like I, I just I could never. <laughs> it's like it's like it's, like, it's not a big deal. I it's mean, just... I guess I, it's it comes from a sort of a normal place, maybe as far as like don't mistreat my child. Sure. But but it's it just makes people look at those memes and think, oh, you you were a piece of shit who mistreated young women all your life, right? Right. And you're you're really waking up and you know covered in sweat thinking about oh my god what if they did the same thing right 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 yeah no so i mean so there's that but then there's there's another bully scene too which is where the main character who is this um alcoholic dipshit cop who wears wife beaters who's played by gerard butler um his wife leaves him because he's out fucking strippers and so of course there's a scene where he shows up to sign the divorce papers and she's with a new guy, right? She's, uh, well, do, she's, yeah, yeah. And that, go ahead. Sorry. And so basically, I'm, just so, I'm so excited. I might interrupt you a lot. I'm so excited. That's sorry. okay. That's totally fine. But, but basically long story short, he goes in there and essentially just intimidates that like, doesn't beat him up or anything, but just kind of intimidates him. And he's, he's sort of like, but he's not very intimidating. So I feel like just as a very, very quick digression, I feel like in movies, if somebody's going to be a tough guy, they really have to pull it off because there's nothing worse than a tough guy who doesn't read as tough because it, you just you want to reach through the screen and actually like slap him in the face. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. Th- there's, You're talking about the wheel man, the wheel man syndrome. There that you didn't go. Work. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So anyway, so it just it just makes every scene with this guy just makes you hate him more. Even when he cries because his wife won't let him see his daughter. You're just like, are you fucking – now he's crying about it? Like, <laughs> it was so weird when he started crying. Was so That was so out of character anyway. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, go ahead. I was just going to say that I, this is going to be the weirdest way to defend that movie. Uh-huh. But when he goes and intimidates that those people, mm-hmm. it's because they were ripping off a scene in Heat. <laughs> and I, really? I think it's less of them saying he has to be a bully than them just saying we need to do every single scene in Heat. And in the in heat, Al Pacino goes home and finds his wife with a new guy, and his name's uh, his name like Fred or something. I got to debase my Ralph. Ralph. So he uh, he goes home and his wife's sitting there, and there's this guy watching his little tiny shitty TV because mm-hmm. uh, Al Pacino and her live in this giant expensive house that's left over from her ex husband. The only thing that belongs to Al Pacino is this tiny shitty tube TV. Right. So he comes over, Ralph sitting at the table watching the tv and he's like ralph you can fuck my wife but you can't watch my tv and he like sit on ralph and he like gets in his face and you're supposed to get some sort of you know uh 
you know, good vibe out of that. Like he's he's getting at least he's making them feel bad for treating him bad. And then he takes the TV with him and then he stops at an intersection and throws it out of the car. So okay. essentially that's the scene they're doing where he get he comes in and she he sees the new wife with a new guy and starts to get that thing like, oh, what's going on here? And then everybody feels weird. Right. So they were just he was just doing that scene over again. But because these are a bunch of mooks, he has to come in and just sort of flex rather than at least in heat. He's like, give me my TV right. and we can all relate to like, give me my TV. Instead, he's just like he's just sort of like roostering up and getting in their face, but he's not doing anything. It was a weird bullying scene. You're absolutely well, yeah. right. Well, and it's like, and before that we'd already seen the bullying scene that I just mentioned, which is different, I guess, but there's another one with the cop too, where, you know, he, he chokes out ice cube's son for information and he's, yeah, in, and he's you know in a room with his whole unit. Okay. So he's in the room there with like eight, you know, tough looking guys. And like ice cube's son is kind of like, he's kind of fat and just like, he doesn't look like he can defend himself. So when he starts choking him out, you're just like, this is a bullying situation. So you just, you've seen this guy be a bully for the yeah, whole movie. You know what? And I, I, I hate, I hate to do this again, but that wasn't a scene in heat. It was them ripping off usual suspects. Right. Because as you know, the ending is a total rip off of it usual is. suspects. Yeah. So, which so also, by the way, did you not, I saw it like as soon as I, realized that he was a character that we were following i was like oh he he's the kaiser soze basically right right exactly which sorry it, it was really so i mean we can spoil this shit because i mean come on oh we have to yeah. but what's so lame about that is you could tell that they thought to themselves well if it's going to be a usual suspects he has to be kind of like in in uh, usual suspects he's you know he's handicapped so like how can we handicap ice cube's son so they tell us he has a tiny dick for a black guy, they say. You remember that line? You know they, what? I, they put I, didn't, I didn't know that uh, because I watched <laughs> it on a plane on Air China and every swear word was cut, <laughs> cut out. So I did not know that. Well, they've stripped him down because he pissed his pants when they tasered him. So they've put new clothes on him and they're like, you know, you got a tiny picker for a black dude. So that's their way of, you know handicapping him and then like you said they slap him in the face and they choke him to make him and if you remember in usual suspects everybody's slapping verbal kent you know kevin spacey everybody's making him look stupid and pushing him around mm -hmm. and so they had to sprinkle those scenes in there and what's really tragic is when that was happening i thought to myself you know what ice cube's kid is like the only real character in this movie i, I kind of have some sympathy for him I have some sympathy because they're treating him bad. And then later I realized, oh, no, you just did that because you were ripping off usual suspects. I was hoping. You didn't even have I a was, character there. What I was hoping was that it wasn't his plan the whole time. I was hoping that he was going to, like, take advantage of a bad situation and just make it work for himself. Oh, yeah. but the, That's what I was hoping, the, too. The fact was, that, like, him and, like, even, like, the black lady who was, like, mad about her or her Chinese food was, like, part <laughs> of the crew. It's just like, it didn't have to be that way. You know what I mean? Like, he could have just, yeah, he could have just taken the money and, and got it was, away. It was, yeah, like uh, the. Do you remember Trespass, the Walter Hill movie? No. And where the firemen find they find gold in the projects. I, I think you'd love that movie. It's 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 got its heart in the right place. It's um it's kind of disreputable and it, it's a little skeevy when you get done watching it. Mm -hmm. But it's two white firemen, um discover there's gold in the pro really shitty place in the projects and there's a gang that uses that to 
kill the rival gang people. Mm-hmm. So the firemen are like stuck there and they got to figure out a way out of it. So it treats the gang as kind of subhuman monsters, oh, Jesus. which is a little, which makes you feel a little bad for watching the movie. But what's great is there's a homeless guy in there who does exactly what you describe. He takes advantage of a bad situation in a way that you don't think like, wait, is he plan this all along instead he just kind of laughs and says well i guess i walk out of this because i'm the only one who kept my head down right and it makes sense and it feels it feels earned right whereas ironically even though they made sure that it seemed like ice cube's son earned this because he's a genius it didn't feel earned it felt like the opposite it felt convoluted if he just would have in that car when like you said the the pov of the movie starts to follow him in a way that's conspicuous you're like Mm -hmm. oh wait he's in Instead, they should have done it like he takes advantage of that moment to get out and to get what he and to it would be payback for taking all that abuse. But instead, yeah. it's fucking usual suspects knock off right. and it has to be I planned it all. I'm 20 layers deep on this shit. And yeah, it's stupid. It is stupid. And also at the very end, uh, they do a thing where when we find out that he's the Kaiser Soze, he's in London, right? He has an- and, and he's like, with an he's like, oh, what's all this thing? Oh, and it's just like, <laughs> it's like, this has got to be the absolute dog shit dumbest movie I've ever seen in my entire, like any decision that they make That's... in it. Well, okay, let's go back here for a second. Okay, well, so the... I want to talk a little bit more about the, the, the heat ripoffs real quick, because okay. I feel like I, I, I think that this point should be made very clearly. That when I say it, it's not because I'm some sort of savant with heat and I'm noticing like little things. Although I did, I did right. notice like uh, they had the same hero shots of the guys at the heist at the beginning from shooting from the ground up. They had the same score essentially. They had the same synthesizer music. Mm-hmm. But I'm not even talking about that. They had like the same Val Kilmer uh, reloaded his his fucking AK-47 or whatever in, in like a really slick way. And I remember in documentaries they're like, we trained Val Kilmer to do that. And we were so excited when he did it right. They have that moment in the movie, except they do it like four times. I'm not even talking about that shit. I'm talking about shit like in heat where they, after being followed by the cops for about a half hour of movie time, uh, the bad guys decide to, um, set them up to be photographed so that they can then get a file on the good guys. And it's a moment that's pretty badass. Do you remember that moment where they they get him to go out to the docks? Wait, is this are you talking about re- in dipshit heat or in real heat? No, it's not in real heat. In real heat, they get him to go out to the docks. The first with the the bad guys go out to these docks and they look off in the distance and then they leave. And then the cops show up and they're like, okay, so they were out here and they were oh, looking in right, this right, direction. Right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and up in the scaffolding, you got De Niro with a camera and he's taking a picture and it the music kind of builds up and Pacino's like, wait a minute. I think He's we just got in yeah, 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 yeah. And it's a it's a great scene. Well, dipshit heat, you know, they're like, you know what? Let's do that way early, so it's unearned. So they have fucking Cheddar Bob from Eight Mile taking their picture at the first crime scene, right? And and so that they get so that they know who's on to them. And it's just because they want to squeeze in their heat rip off, but it's not earned at that moment. You don't get a moment where the the cops are like, wait a minute, they're watching us because they don't do that. Instead, they just like that was a little weird, too. It's like, why would you why would you take pictures of like an active crime scene? Like, why would you even get close to an active crime scene? Because the scene was in heat, (laughs) basically, except it makes no sense in this movie. And then later, they're even baffled by some of those guys. It's like, didn't fucking Cheddar Bob take all your pictures? How do you not know who everybody is? Because they forgot. 
So that's the big shit that they did. And like, uh, you know, they've got um, they've got the same stuff where even though he turns out to be the usual suspect mastermind in heat, there's a, there's like a, a black dude who's kind of square who gets mixed up with them as the driver. And that's little, little cube. That's who he is. Right. They've got, and then the, the cops flip him. Um, they've got, except they do it with the ice cube kid. They flip him, but in heat, they flip Danny Trejo and they, st- so that they can do the same like rush of, uh, of moments. They do the same sequence. They've got, um, Oh, and this other thing. Did you notice when they were abusing Ice Cube's son that they made sure they had one black cop in the room yeah. so that they it, so that it didn't feel racial? Right. Yeah. No, they did. It's, it's so, so weak of them. You know, just it, like now it's OK. We got one guy. We're going to give him one line mm-hmm. and now you won't feel bad about what we're going to do. Right. Bullshit. Right. Which is actually that's a good that's a question that I had throughout the entire movie is like there's I mean when you watch a movie like Training Day, uh, Denzel Washington's character in that is definitely supposed to start out as like cool and charismatic and eventually he turns into kind of like a monster, right? But I don't think in Dipshit Heat they ever really... I I feel like they want you to root for this guy. Even though he's like a piece of shit, I really still think... I think they want you to kind of root for the cops and the robbers, you know, because they're, they're just... They do. They want you to root for whoever has the, the testosterone flowing at a, at a given moment, you know. They do. They make they make an assumption that's that's uh, really criminal here. Is that like in Heat? It's inherent to those two guys. The the way that you can make a bad guy uh, sympathetic, and I was thinking about this while watching Dipshit Heat, is you make them efficient, and so the audience is like, I'm impressed with their aptitude at committing crimes. Right. I'm now I'm uh, I can empathize with that character. So in Heat, De Niro is he's like a uh, he's like the, a mastermind in a very cool, efficient, emotionless way, right? right. So he he does these things in a way that's uh, he doesn't you don't really know where he stands at certain moments, but when you watch it, you think if I was a criminal, I'd be him because he's like he's so he's so calm about it. Right. So by so in dipshit heat, when you have these guys all jacked up and they're working out and they're like they're all aggro as they actually describe themselves. It yeah. takes away that efficiency. Then you start feeling like they're clowns. Then you don't have the equivalence of, as they say in Heat, we're two sides of the same coin. We both do what we do well, and that's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. And except in dipshit Heat, they both do what they do in a gross, overinflated, muscly way. Yeah. And I think they they think that's the new efficiency. I think that the viewer today is supposed to look at that as that's the same thing. I, I'm impressed with both of them because they're both all jacked up and they right. both treat people bad. Right. You know what I mean? Does that right. make any sense? Yeah, no, totally. And I also want to say that when we are first actually introduced to the the two main robbers, who's the it's the kid from The Wire from season two. <clears throat> He's uh, uh, you remember in The Wire? Remember uh. He- what, yeah, what's, it's the, it took it's me the a brother. while. It's, it's, he's the straight brother, basically. For, for the, he's the fuck ups brother. Isn't um, in, wo- in real life? He's Wolverine's brother's brother. He's like, uh, oh, he's like, he's like uh, the guy from Goon. His oh, brother. Okay. Oh, I didn't That's know that. He kind of looks like him. He's big. Yeah, yeah. What's the fucking? What's his name? Leave Schreiber. Isn't that Schreiber's brother? Oh, so right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. His name is Schreiber something. Yeah, yeah. 
He's a, she's a Schreiber. Yeah. And I, you know, I didn't, I didn't hate that guy. Like, no, no, he's they, my, he was my favorite part of the whole movie actually. And, and just, just, just to finish the point real fast, he, uh, he, when we first see him, he's doing mountain climbers, right? And, uh, <laughs> and he, he's talking to 50 cent. And when we cut to him, 50 is, is benching, right? But if you look at the bench and I thought this was really funny because, because 50 cent is actually, he's, he's a pretty jacked dude. If you look at the bench, He's got like eighty pounds on it, and I was just like, wh- "Like, what's he doing? Like, is he is he just is he just going for reps? I don't really understand." But um, but anyway, I just thought that was what's, funny what's so that- yeah. And what's so bad? Yeah, no. What's so baffling about that is movie magic means that they don't have to actually be exercising. Right. They can be exercising with some paper mache weights, yeah. and you could put pounds on there. So. Is that just laziness, or is that a new way to work out that I'm unaware of? I thought benching was where you showed how much you could bench. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's what I was thinking. Like, why why don't you have him bench like, like 275 pounds or some some shit? You know what I mean? And he's just like, and he's screaming the whole time. And then he gets up. And he's like covered in. See, this is what I would do if you're gonna make it. Like they might as well. You might as well. There's a scene I'm, where there's a scene where he shoots his wait. gun uh, over and over and over again. And and then you, it turns out that he's hit the target every single time. Like there's so much ridiculous masculinity in this movie. It could have just taken it. If it took it just a little bit further, it actually might have been fun. Uh, I'm 100 percent on board. with you, dude. Every moment that they did something ridiculous where I said this is stupid, I want it was both because I didn't want it and I wanted more of it, if that makes right. any sense. Yeah, it's either it's I, one way or the other, it, man. It's one way or the other. They should have. They should have pushed it. And that's why I think that that fatally they thought this was a serious film. Yeah. Like that. And it's funny you bring up that gun range because that's another ripoff from Heat, except in Heat, you have the big uh, the the iconic sit down in the diner moment where De Niro and Pacino, who have never shared the screen, except in um, later, they did it a couple of times. And it was really terrible. I can. Oh, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can. I'm here. Hello. Hello. I'm here. Uh, In. yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. So uh, when they shared that moment in the diner, it was a big deal because they'd only been in the movie Godfather 2, and they were in two different timelines, right. so they never crossed paths. So when you're watching Heat, everybody's like, when are they going to share a scene? These are the two titans. So they sit down, and they have a very quiet cup of coffee, and it's very intense. Mm-hmm. So dipshit Heat's like, we want to do that. So it, you know how they do it? They crash their fucking party at the uh japanese restaurant the hibachi grill yeah so they it's like let's do can we do it but can we do it with like fire at the tables yeah so it's already it's already dumber it's already dumber and for their big showdown he comes in and he's and he just says something gross to him doesn't he he just says something like like, uh i come here he goes i come here for the ass it's like that's your showdown I didn't even that's know that he said. Got? See, I'm learning all this shit because, like, that's again not what he said in the edited version. Um, <laughs> but no, he he comes in and uh, like in my version, he comes and he's like, "I come here for the food." So for me, it was even no, better. Said, it was better. I would prefer that. Yeah. Instead, he's like, "I come here for the ass." And then because they probably looked at it and they said, "You know what? That's not that's not extreme enough." We, we tried to one-up Heat by having the diner on fire and to have him say, come here for the ass, rather than I take scores and we're the opposite sides of the same coin. So why don't we have another confrontation? And they have like three of three moments that are supposed to essentially uh, be surrogates for the diner scene. And the next one is the shootout at the shooting range. And they fucking bungle it, dude. Yeah. Like, 
the whole time I'm thinking, why are you not showing the targets? Oh, fuck. All you're going to do is you're going to roll in a target and it's going to be a bunch of great shots. Yeah. That's all you're going to do with this scene? Like, they should have escalated that shit. Like, yeah. Do smiley faces. Do, like, a in fuck the nuts. you. It should have... <laughs> do yeah anything you have so much potential there to goon it up you might as well do it why are you just going to do the same scene where it's like oh he shoots well yeah. like they should be where they then they're pulling out two guns then they're shooting three guns yeah and, you know what i mean like if it's Which just going to be i just want to point out in movies i i fucking hate and i mean i might be showing my ass here because i don't know anything about actual like real combat okay. or anything um i've lost you for a second i'm sorry point sit, repeat what you said oh i'm saying uh, i, I I, I think it's just bullshit that he's such a good shot. When Whenever people are that good of a shot at a shooting range in a movie, then it no longer becomes acceptable that they miss as many times as they do when a real shootout happens, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. It's like, that, uh, that's the biggest problem with, was that movie, Silverado. Silverado had a cast of about 15 people, and every one of them was an amazing marksman. Mm-hmm. Everybody's doing all these trick shots, and it's that, that fucking lowers the stakes. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, because... But and these guys, yeah, they were all like, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just wanted them to, I wanted them to goon it up to a degree to where, I could have a little more fun. Instead, yeah. I thought, I thought it was just trying to be a real movie, and it's not a real movie. It's fucking dipshit heat. Yeah. What's that? There's a Schwarzenegger movie that goons it up very well. Um, it's a bunch of kind of mercenary type dudes. Uh, and Schwarzenegger's got tattoos, which is really unusual. Oh, sa- Sabotage? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that movie kicked ass. That was a David that's Ayer like, movie. That's like the same movie. Yeah. They're, a bunch of, they're a bunch of fucking goons, and they, like, they'll murder a bunch of people and say, clean up on aisle 12. Right, right, right. Stupid shit. And, they, and they sort of have that aggro competition, and it feels, um, it feels trashy enough to be better. Right. Well, David Ayer is really good at doing that kind of thing because he did Training Day as well. So he's really good at making the kind of like uh, that gritty, like goofy ass cop shit. You know, um, I think he also didn't he recently do Bright. I thought that was he a did. weird choice. Yeah, he did. He did. But it's, if you watch that movie, it's 100 percent an Ayer's movie. Yeah, it looks yeah. Just, <laughs> there's it's no true. mistake again. Yeah. And it's uh, so basically like the the kind of the uh, the biggest thing that stuck out to me at the end of the movie was. I already am not rooting for the cops in this, right? Because, you know, first of all, I just don't, I can't really root for cops in movies in general. But they're presented as such assholes that I don't want I don't want them to win. And then the final the final gunfight in the movie, right? Uh so the robber has become stuck in traffic, literally. Like they just get into a traffic jam. And so the cops decide that instead of I don't know, waiting until there's not like a ton of civilians also stuck in a traffic jam. They're like, we have to get him before he runs. We have to get him. And this actually kind of frustrated me in a way because it, it to me, I legitimately believe that that might actually be how real cops think. And I think that's what made me so mad about it is that they would be so focused on not losing, right? On not losing the bad guy that uh-huh. they would risk a, a huge gunfight where they're literally just telling people get down behind your engine block that we're right. about to turn this shit into fucking Fallujah um, <laughs> because we just, we can't let the fucking bad guy get away with the money, you know? Yeah. And they're shooting, like, they're shooting through all those windshields. Yeah. I mean, how many people did they kill? And, yeah. and it was, and that was just their way again. It's the shootout in heat. 
twice because that's their way of one up and it's like we're gonna have it in this movie if you're the and he through all the the they're going from car to car right so you could tell these dumbasses were like what if we had more cars and what if people were stuck in them and couldn't get out that's that's more badass right but then someone said well would cops really shoot through all those cars well what if they went car to car and said get down right. <laughs> that's enough right, right. <laughs> And but the but my problem with it is is that I don't I don't know if cops would tell would 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 do anything different. I just I don't know. Like I felt like it was actually like simultaneously maybe really accurate for how cops really are. I think, and also I think you can ridiculous. count on them to do the wrong thing. I think you know you were looking at a bunch of D students. I mean, what yeah. are they going to do? <laughs> it's like uh, I was. I was Googling the other day. I was I was trying to figure out if uh, brass knuckles were legal in California, just as part of some research. Sure. Not uh, not that I want to have brass knuckles, which turned out are totally totally illegal in California, and I okay. should not have them. Um, and would never and I would never have them. But I was looking on this forum where somebody uh, it was a police forum, so it's all cops. And there was a kid saying, "Hey, uh, uh, I was going to buy. I got a pair of brass knuckles that I bought from somebody, and they also had a gun with the." Uh, serial number filed down right. um is there a way to re-register that gun if i bought it off somebody so in this and he says that he's and he's like oh by the way i want to be a cop when i get older i'm uh 16 years old um so i can't join the academy yet ha 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 so these fucking cops swoop in and they start talking about uh well clearly you're stupid if you bought a, co- a gun with a serial number filed down and et cetera, et cetera. And they're all lecturing yeah, right, right. Okay. And he's like ha huh, guys i'm sorry i well, what I really wanted to say was, you know, is it possible to re-register it? I understand what you're saying about, you know, but let's say I found it. Is there is there even a way to do that? And they're like, you know what? The fact that you ask those questions means that you're not very bright. And then the kid starts to escalate and the kid starts to say, you know what? You don't know who I am, motherfucker. And then these <laughs> cops are like, and these cops are like, well, you just proved yourself right there that we don't want to know who you are. And he's like, well, how come you come in talking shit to me? And they're like, well, how come you're talking shit to us? And I remember, and I'm looking at this whole exchange and I'm thinking, this is in a nutshell what happens every time somebody pulls somebody over yep. and it escalates into a problem right. because they're not professional enough to eat, to eat shit from some 16 year old kid that's going to ruin their lives right it's going to ruin their day oh he talked bad to me so i have to like puff up and make it worse yeah and on the forum i think the forum was a great window into the heart of these guys which is disrespect cannot be allowed on in any shape or form which yeah. means that you will make every situation worse, no matter what. And I know I'm off on a little bit of a tangent because I just looked at this no, forum and it's no, still got, I don't, I don't, still got me wound up. Still I don't got think me so mad. Yeah, I don't think you're on a tangent at all. I think that that's actually a really good insight to to this movie. And actually, the, if there is any value to this gigantic, fucking steaming pile of shit, it's that I do <laughs> think that it's probably it's not an accurate representation. I'm sure, but it is stylistically it's heart is in the right place it's, so it's, it's exactly it, it, like it it's an accidental indictment of police mentality it's it's an it is an accidental perfect metaphor for how cops actually are <laughs> how they see themselves you know um it's the kind of thing where you know you're you're probably not supposed to like if you were talking to the writer or director guy he'd probably say like Oh yeah, I wanted to have a really troubled anti-hero who blah blah blah, and he, of course he fails miserably because he's clearly got water in the brain too. You know, I mean he's he's clearly just like not a talented person, but like it's one of those things where people will see that the wrong people will see that and be like, oh that's badass. You know what I mean? Um, 
and I think that I think that it really does like the fact that the cops in particular in this movie the cops are bullies you know like the cops are the bullies the robbers don't actually the robbers bully that that kid at the prom and it's kind of played for laughs but it's nothing actually compared to how like mean and just petty the cops are and how like this guy who's supposed to be like this big dick swaggering you know dude <clears throat> he's the most insufferable protagonist that I've ever watched in a movie ever period man you know I, I this I, I disagree with just a slight amount, and I don't know if it's because I like Gerard Butler, yeah. but I liked him looking. The fact that they made him look sloppy mm-hmm. made me think that it, that his shittiness was intentional, which made me like him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like I think it was, and it was a really dumb moment. But he he eats a donut from the ground in the crime scene. Yeah, and for for a minute I had hope for the movie yeah. because the the Fed actually says asshole you just ate a donut in the crime and you threw it back in the crime scene yeah and he's just like oh yeah whatever i see you later bro and i thought this if they do this the whole time i'm with them right. because i right. want him to but then like you said we're supposed to think he's like good he's a badass and he's doing good good things i wanted him to be a little shittier and the fact that yeah. gerard butler you know he's, he was this very sculpted guy in 300 is now real sloppy and he big. looks like shit he looks like shit, but that's kind of what I want from that character. So I, I liked him a little bit just because. But I want to see that guy get his ass kicked a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, what, yeah. would, what would make him, what I would believe is that that kind of guy, he's he's the guy who's like really strong and he's good at hurting people. And when he has the right force behind him, he's 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 good at being intimidating. But I feel like to, to have kind of an honest portrayal of that guy, it's when, when the chips are down and he's faced with somebody Who's tougher than him? Like he, he completely, he gets. He's the noir protagonist who gets his ass beat. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah, if, we, yeah. if we had a few, but he never gets hurt in this movie. Do you notice that? Like I he, know. he never gets hurt. Like he's, yeah, he's, a, he's, he's a super. He's he's both this disgusting, <clears throat> bloated, alcoholic schlub, and a perfect super cop who is somehow able to take down a marine who is like trained in uh, like a trained special forces guy in a shootout. You know. Right. And, and it, it makes no sense. That's what doesn't make any sense. That's why I thought they had a I think that they wanted to do that at the gun range moment mm-hmm. is to show that he was out of his depth, mm-hmm. that how good these guys were. But they like I said, they bungled it. They only showed the one guy's target. They could have think about how much better it would have been if he thought he was having this shooting faster and faster competition that they kind of did. And then he looks at all their targets and they're all way better than him. Like show his target and it's all over the place. Suddenly I'm with that guy. Like, oh right. shit, you're in trouble. Uh, and instead, they they don't even have the guts to make him bad at what he's doing. They he right. has to be a perfect shot too. They don't show it to us, but we assume he's really good at it, right? Right, right. And, and there it, there are ways. There are movies recently. Like I'm thinking of something like Blue Ruin. You know that show how like a person or or another Sony movie Green Room, right, where people can be completely out of their depth. But you they, mean Green Room starring uh, J. David Osborne? Is yeah, that the Green Room you're referring to? Yeah, I like to bring that up every like two or three episodes just to remind <laughs> everybody. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, but those are those movies are good examples of like an ordinary schlub who actually goes up against really scary people and and wins, and it it's more believable. You know what I mean? So it can be done. Like that last shootout gunfight could have been really really. Cool, and I I still actually did kind of like their final gunfight. Oh, I lost you. 
Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me now? Losing you. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. I I did yep. actually I did actually like that last gunfight. Um I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, it's thought, not it's not poorly directed. The movie, yeah. the imagery, you know, especially when it sticks to ripping off heat, mm-hmm. you know, that that knew the angles. It knew what to show. Right. I have right. a question about the, the shooting range this is the last time I'll bring it up because I'm legitimately confused about something. I, I've never I've only been to a shooting range once. Is there an etiquette to shooting? I feel like I missed some tension there. Is there a rule that you're not supposed to shoot when others are shooting? Was that part of the problem? Is that what's happening in that scene? I don't think so. I've never heard of that, no. Do you know what I mean? Like, the one yeah. guy would shoot, and then he would start to shoot, and then it would go bang, 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 and he'd look annoyed. Like, And I didn't know if that meant, like, oh, he's annoyed because listen how fast he's shooting, or if there's a bowling. You know, if when you bowl, you're not supposed to bowl when the other guy's bowling next to you? Oh, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I've never been to a shooting range either, so I'm not. No, I thought maybe sure. you... I thought maybe you were going to reveal a lot of like gun knowledge just now. So I, no, I don't know. No. Yeah. <laughs> Grew up in Oklahoma. Lots of friends who have guns, but I just never really, I never took to guns. Um, yeah. It's not really my thing. Well, let me ask you this other question while I've got questions on the brain. Yeah. There's, there's shit that I just missed. Okay. Why did, why did super cop fuck that dude's girlfriend? Uh, Cause he's a horny dude. <laughs> but they set him up or something, they right? Because yeah. why? Well, okay, I missed it. okay, it's it's the it's the stupidest shit ever. He literally set him up so that the stripper girlfriend could get his phone number, which she didn't have to fuck him to get his phone number, uh, so that he could call him from inside the bank. It was it, it's it was an extremely convoluted way of him getting his phone number. So oh that my he god. Could Egg him so, on. Yeah, it was it, it that's by far the stupidest angle that it's just a, it's another way to have another diner scene. It had a stare yeah. down, right? They just stood I did there. like that stare down. I liked that stare down before I realized it was part of a bigger plot. Because I, know, I, I that's thought it would be fuck, cool. I thought it would be cool if he actually did fuck his girlfriend and then it's showing like how collected that Marine dude is. That he's gonna walk in but he's not gonna fuck the job up. You know what I mean? Like yeah, not, that would have been, that would have been cool, and it also would have shown how incestuous criminals and cops are, that they right. all just, just go to the same pool of, of nastiness, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. That yeah. would have been a great moment, but instead they had to make it, you know, they're all geniuses, right? right so right, it's right. all part of the plan. Yeah, it was a really cool scene that was, again, like, it just should have existed on its own. I don't, I, I don't know if that, do you think that happens in script rewrites where they're like, Wait, what is this even connected to? You know what I mean? Like, do you think that really plot-oriented people come in and say, I don't understand why the scene where he fucks this guy's girlfriend is even in there. Like, what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> I so, 100% think that they retroactively claim it's all part of the plot. I mean, that, that's right. why, like, if you watch The Dark Knight, it makes no sense if you think about what the Joker's plan is because he would have had to have foreseen everything he did wrong and and it would have to happen in a perfect way. So to to you know, spackle over those holes, all you do is just say, oh, it's all part of the plan. And throughout Dipshit Heat, they're constantly claiming it's all part of the plan and in a similar way. Now, you forgive it when it's good, like with Dark Knight. You're you're like, I don't give a shit because yeah. I was enjoying myself. With this movie, you can't help but just destroy it because right. every time they do it, it ruins it. Every time they try to make it seem like, oh, that's we're playing three-level chess here, you're like, yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Two things. One thing I never understood in movies that were where everything's all part of the plan. P- part of the plan always seems to involve intentionally getting the shit beaten out of you. 
Um, right. Yeah, exactly. And I always wonder with that, I'm like, one, like, what if they like hit you too hard and you die? Like, that's a huge risk or like, but two, what if they don't beat you up at all? You know what I mean? Like, what if, you know, you egg them on and egg them on and then they just don't do anything. Like, is your entire plan fucked if you don't get your ass beat? Yeah, it's, um, uh, it, it makes no sense. And he could have used a, a beating. He, he looks like he had a beating. I, I kind of wanted to, was it the, uh, Colin Farrell in True Detective season two? Yeah. He, he has a similar kind of thing going, you know, right. previously a pretty boy now, like a real slob. Mm-hmm. And I think if unless he maybe doesn't take beatings, but he certainly gets shot and abused. Yeah. Right. I that's what I was hoping for with this guy. Yeah, yeah. No, noir protagonists have to be abused. The second thing you mentioned, the Dark Knight, and I recently saw this tweet that I thought was hilarious. I didn't know if you saw it or not, but it's uh, it's like the tweet is how did Harvey Dent not notice the Joker until he took his mask off? Right, and it's a scene where Harvey Dent is in his hospital bed and the Joker comes in in a nurse's costume and his face <laughs> yeah. is clearly covered in face paint. But then he takes the little pink uh, face mask off and that's when Harvey Dent starts like freaking out. <laughs> don't, well, don't, don't underestimate the, the, the hard look of a, of like a third shift nurse. It's so funny. I never noticed that. But when you watch just the gif, it's fucking hilarious. Cause he's looking like, like right at him. And it just, it, it's the most absurd looking thing ever. But then he takes the mask off and Dent is like, you son of a bitch. And it, awesome. I don't know. It was great. But do you have anything else to say about dipshit? He, cause I think I do. I, might, I, have, I, more, I have a lot of questions. Okay. Let's uh, go. There, okay. there are things that I was actually just confused about. Okay. Um, why was Butler calling little ice cube uh, fur line? Did I miss something there? He worked at a German pub. So, oh, okay. So Frau line is like Mrs. in German. So, okay. Uh, Okay, I'm crossing that off my list. These are things that I just wanted to know because I'm never going to watch the it guy, again. The guy, I read this on IMDb, the guy who is the main, the owner of the bartender, that kind of cool German guy, that is the, the director's dad. Who? So the director is a Hollywood kid who grew up with uh, like actor parents, basically. Oh, yay. I'm so glad his dreams came true. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, my other question, when he kills, when he kills, uh, Wolverine's brother's brother, mm-hmm. he says, told you, what is, told you what? I oh, missed him. Told, told mi- him, told him that he was not going to go back to jail. Basically. Okay. So exact, the exact line from heat, by the way. Is that really? Yeah. Cause De, uh, De Niro says when he shoots him in the airport, he goes, told you I wasn't going back. Mm-hmm. So, so dipshit heat can't. That's too many words for a mm-hmm. tough guy. So we had to just say, told you. <laughs> and then and then Butler's like, yeah, yeah, you did. Because then all of a sudden, that's another thing that I fucking hate is when, like, dudes, like, the, when they bow up to each other. And then all of a sudden, we're supposed to believe that there's, like, now there's this respect between men. You know? I hate yeah. that fucking... I, it makes my eyes roll back and I do the little jerk-off motion with my hand. It's such bullshit, you know? Like, What's... they just got done trying to kill each other. If a guy was trying to kill me and I finally got him, I would, I would not be respectful to that. Well, guy. that's another. I would be way. like Chris Tucker in Friday. I would be over. <laughs> I'd be like, got knocked the fuck out, dude. Yeah, I mean, that's it, just another example of how by ripping off Heat without earning those moments, it makes no sense because Heat makes sense because they had a very calm conversation in the diner, and then when they see each other the second time when he kills him, he said in the diner, "I'm not going back." 
But in dipshit heat, he's like been in his face and he fucked his girlfriend yeah. and he made it and he's been an asshole to him. So at the end for them to have that moment of bro bro down, it makes no sense. I mean, yeah. they it's it's like they couldn't see it from the from a distance. It was such a love letter to the guy clearly is in love with the movie Heat. Right. He's like, it's like I'm going to do all these scenes and I'm not they're not going to make any sense. And it, it's kind of like when you watch um, if you watch Red Dragon after watching Manhunter, mm-hmm. they've dumbed down all the lines in that because Red Dragon came out decades later for morons. Mm-hmm. So like there's a line in that where the Hannibal Lecter says uh, he says, oh, that's the same that's the same aftershave you wore in court. And the hero says, yeah, I keep getting it for Christmas. And, uh, and he says, you're very tan. And then he's like, okay, let's move on with what we're talking about. And so the translation there is of course, I know where you live, that you live somewhere where it's sunny Florida. And I know that you have a family because you got a, uh, aftershave with a ship on the bottle for, for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Well, the dumbass version of it, yeah, they actually add a line where he says, "And how is uh, young Jack and Molly today?" Like they have to, they have to add right. this thing because morons can't follow the translation. So there's right. like ten, there's like ten lines in Dipshit Heat where they've taken a heat line and they've just added a little stupid to it. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, in Heat when he says, um, "Well, the wife says I have to demean myself just to get closure with you." When he catches the other guy watching his TV. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, I got to demean myself with Ralph here to get closure with you. So it's like, how does dipshit he handle that? Well, instead, she says, and this is no joke. She says, I'll find a guy whose cock actually gets hard for me. What? <laughs> and that's the that's the equivalent line in that moment. Oh, I didn't hear that line. It was cut out. Because <laughs> you're on the plane. <laughs> What's great is that apparently the, the plane didn't cut a single moment of violence. Nope. But it didn't want you to hear any nasty words. Nope. That is amazing. Nope. All the violence was there. And it cut this. <laughs> now, in the movie, does it actually show him fucking and fucking the girlfriend? Uh, you know, I don't think so. I think oh, it, okay. she picks her up at the strip club and then there's they wake weird, up together. There's a weird scene in... I don't know. I just thought it was weird when... when Wolverine's brother's brother walks in like he sees her naked back or something and I was like is it is she like on him is she is this just a weird cut around of a sex scene but I don't I mean I guess it doesn't really matter I was just curious yeah you didn't miss anything there I think you just missed a lot of like words like dick and cock and yeah. fuck apparently so yeah because I was like I was actually watching it and I was like <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't even notice that like the bad words were out of it until there's like one scene where I could tell that somebody was yelling "fuck you" at the other one, and it was like "forget you," and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> there's no bad. There's no bad words in this." But I didn't notice for the first like half of the movie that that the stuff was being edited out, and I, I was. I guess I should have. You know, with all the other tough guy swagger that's going on, I should have expected a lot of f bombs and you know. But yeah. Well, let's. I think we should. There were some things that I actually liked about this movie, and that's. It's going to sound. I'm a huge hypocrite because it might be one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. But I'm. I'm a glass half full kind of person. I. Okay. If I watch a movie at home and it's almost three hours of dip shittery like this. Yeah. Um, I I kind of find moments that I feel like I didn't waste my time. Right. And. So I, I've made a, a very short list of things I liked about Dipshit Heat. Okay. Uh, it's a very short list. <laughs> um, I kind of liked I liked the donut. 
I know it's I know it's dumb. You know, no, it's a good detail. It's a good detail. I I kind of was really into when he took the crowbar and he went and popped open that hostage situation and revealed that it wasn't really happening. Mm-hmm. I thought that was suitably badass of him. Mm-hmm. Like he's they're standing there with a the hostage situation, and finally, it kind of dovetails him being an impetuous asshole and him doing something right for one moment because he's impatient and right. he's not bright and he's not bright. Right. So he, he grabs a crowbar and he just walks over and opens up the, the bank. I thought that was kind of sweet. And I think they could have made that even better. Um, when he comes out and he's like, the crime scene's yours, essentially saying, we're going to go where the action is. You guys can be at the pretend hostage situation. He's still a step behind them, mm-hmm. but it showed that the only way he could keep up with all these masterminds, and apparently they're all geniuses, and he's not, is it's that what you described earlier that uh, a normal simpleton can kind of keep up just by being uh, reckless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I liked that. I, I thought that's how he's going to stay in the game is that they're not anticipating. The one thing they didn't factor in is somebody who's just going to bully into these situations. Right. And so if they could have taken that idea and ran with that in the final shootout and yeah. somehow just made it by like his dumb luck, like literally if he just like slipped on a banana peel and ended up with the gun pointed <laughs> up the guy's ass, like that would have just been better, you know? Yeah. Cause it's, cause that's kind of what's happening with him. I mean, in my dream world is that he's bumbling, he's sticking with them just because they, they anticipated good cops mm-hmm. <laughs> and right, he's right, not, right. That, and he's not that, right. but he kind of, but he kind of is for the movie. So anyway, I can but I, so I kind of like the crowbar. Um, and I, I don't know if I liked it, but this movie has a weird lack of violence. Mm-hmm. They, do you remember at the beginning when there's a couple lines that make you think that you're heading towards a real slaughterhouse? Mm-hmm. They say about the, uh, when they analyzed the first heist and they said, okay, if you look here, they didn't kill any bystanders. They're trained to shoot uniforms, mm-hmm. which means that police are going to be killed by the hundreds or something. That's what I'm, when I hear that line, I'm thinking they're really going to go to war with the police. And Dave's like, Oh boy. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cause they're like establishing that if you had military training, you might treat the police with disrespect or not disrespect, but as a enemy combatant. Right. And, And that's an interesting line. And so that had me, that had my radar up for something that never really happened actually, because like, because I, I kept thinking, are they having it both ways? Are they pandering to the militarization of police by saying it's in their training, they shoot uniforms, or are they criticizing it? You know what I mean? Or am mm-hmm. I thinking about it more than they did? Uh, um, yeah, it's probably that third option. My probably man. the third option. But yeah, so so when the movie starts going, I start to realize, and then the other line was, he says, they're always going to have body armor, so you got to shoot for head or limbs. Then they do none of that. Right. They only shoot the chest. They never – there's – the one headshot in the big shootout at the end is a, a quick like CGI flash of blood that could have been in a PG movie really. And I think I've seen it in PG movies. Mm-hmm. It did not have that slaughterhouse you would expect. For something that sets up lines like that, it was weirdly tame. And I, and I think it just goes to the fact that it wasn't an exploitation movie, that it was trying to be res- res- a respectable yeah. movie. Yeah. Well, I think it's also a movie that has no style. So I yeah. felt like when I was watching it, and I was watching it on an airplane, but I felt like when I was watching it, um, 
it was really kind of lifetime movie-ish almost. Like there was no real it was impressive, impressive stylistic choice. It was it was flat. It was very mm-hmm. like everything was extremely functional. Remember when they used to like crank out Steven Seagal movies in the nineties and it was it was like yeah. that kind of. I felt like it most, was shot yeah. like that. I mean that's kind of what Netflix movies look like too. Yeah. And when I said earlier I said it has a lot of the shots from Heat. It has the angles, but it right. doesn't have it doesn't have the cinematography. Like that's kind of like the opening scene that is at night. And I've said this to you before. You want me to tune out of a movie, open it up at night, mm-hmm. start a movie at nighttime, and I just cannot click with it until yeah. the fucking lights come on. And I just think it's a somebody just please do a, a study of movies that have bright daylight opening scenes. Yeah. I bet they make more money. I bet that people. Oh, dude, I love I love it when game. movies start out like with daylight shots of Los Angeles. Like yeah. when it's like a helicopter shot of L.A. like falling down or something, I'm like, oh boy. And that's what did you notice in this movie? When you, it's it's funny you bring that up. Uh, all the helicopter shots, and this is probably just going to be the way of the future, are all replaced by drone shots, and it's yeah. hard to tell the difference. There's something sort of antiseptic and smooth about a drone shot. It's smooth, is what it is. Yeah, that's exactly that, it. That it looks, ironically, it looks worse. It looks. It does cheap. look worse. Yeah. Because yeah. a helicopter shot or a crane shot has that certain. We know that move, and what is it, it that? Mo- what is bigger. that move called? With the, uh, I think Hitchcock did it a lot, where like you would move the camera back but zoom in at the same time. Oh, like you're that, thinking of a different. You're thinking no, of no, no, yeah. no. But that's but that's what happens, I think, with a drone a little bit because a drone is constantly auto correcting to maintain the same focus, oh, right? Okay. So what's happening with that is there's a weird with drone shots. There's like a weird pull that I don't think happens with it, like a crane shot or a helicopter shot right um yeah but like there's when, something that looks very like youtube you, yeah it's very youtube if you watch like the opening of the shining and then like the opening of any of these movies like there's there's definitely i don't know it just feels more visceral in the shining but of course that's also Kubrick, so that's like it's hard to really compare yeah, anything sure. to him but i mean but you know what i mean right like it just yeah i think different. it's a, no exactly and so when you started I mean, when you have those drone shots as establishing shots, and when you have when you open at night, it just feels so flat and dark. And I mean, I just think that the that that you could probably definitively prove that movies that are uh, the do- nightness dominates them. Uh, somebody's probably going to prove me wrong instantly, but I think that they don't. I don't. I think people. Oh, I actually engage. could. I could drive starts at night. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, here here's the counter to it though. Have you seen the trailer for the movie Solo, the Han Solo movie? Yeah. It looks like the entire thing was filmed in a basement. Right, and I agree. And isn't that, that's like the least profitable Star Wars movie ever? I think so. I haven't seen it. I don't know if it's any good or not, but... Maybe, maybe it starts in bright sunlight. I don't know. But watching that trailer, I thought, we're, why are we in the basement? I, I can't pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's always, it's like, it's dark, and it's <laughs> also got that, like, those tones... Tones have really made made a comeback in a big way, I think, in film. Because yeah. for a while there, I think soundtracks were coming back a little bit, but it's like it's like we went right back to like bass rumbly tones, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it yeah. doesn't do anything for me. Like I don't think of it as ominous, and I think it was ruined for me by forgetting Sarah Marshall. Because remember, in that movie, the main character, his whole thing is he does <laughs> oh, yeah. he does Doing tones. CSI, yeah, and yeah. he does it with the. Uh... He does the like Seinfeld bloops and bleeps yeah. <laughs> to make fun of it. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I can't help but think of that every time I hear those tones. It's like, give me a fucking soundtrack, dude. Give me some good, 
Like there was a a, a period of time if like there's... in the early two thousands where they were do like they would do, you know, like hip hop. Like you get a Wu Tang song. Like it would be Romeo oh. Must Die or something. And if there was ever a movie that was screaming for a new metal soundtrack to take us all the way back to Dude. the beginning, it's Dipshit Heat. Where's the dipshit new metal? Heat. Totally. But there is Everlast. They throw Everlast in. Oh, you're absolutely right. And that, <laughs> Which and was, that was so appropriate. That was, was so appropriate. I think I texted you. I got so excited. You did. You did. You're like, of course he listens to Everlast. And you're right. <laughs> that was actually, if we're talking about things that we liked about the movie, it pretty much nailed that. Like, it nailed, like, they could not have, but God forbid you ever had to walk my little <laughs> shoe, or whatever the fuck he says. Yeah, that was a, that was a if, pitch if I was perfect the, song. If I was to, to pick nits here, as far as that song, because it's the hit song on the album, which I actually have, I, do too. I have that fucking Whitey Ford album. Whitey Ford sings the blues. It makes me, it, it takes me out of it a little bit because it makes me think it was on the radio. Because mm. if he's actually listening to the album, I would have liked it if he had an Everlast deep cut. But maybe that's asking a little too much because yeah. that would make me think he's got the CD. He puts it in. But then again, maybe he puts the CD in and he only listens to the hits. He looks mm-hmm. like a guy who listens to the hits. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He he probably he has like the now that's what I call new metal album <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Dude, I just found this quote. This is going to be so infuriating. Um, I just was Googling solo cinematographer. I thought maybe I'd solve a mystery here or uh-huh, something, yeah. but, but I didn't. But it does say... He says, increasingly dark images are an artistic response to the dark times facing the world today. What? No, they're not. Shut up. So, shut the fuck up. There's actually a, a Reddit thread where people are complaining that the movie Solo is too dark. That, and Interesting. Not, thematically, it means they, fit, they literally can't see it. And so this is apparently his response to that criticism saying he did it on purpose as a response to our dark No, he time. didn't. Shut up. Like... <laughs> <laughs> that's there's literally nobody said let's make the movie really dark to reflect <laughs> the dark times in which we live that never happened <laughs> god well, damn man P- people are so interesting you know like, like fil- <laughs> film criticism is there are some really good critics out there um there's some who i not like. the word i didn't think that word was going to be at the end of that sentence people yeah. are really interesting that's a very very positive thing for you to say interesting is is the way i'm I'm choosing to put it because you know there's some like i said there's some stuff out there that's really good but i'm trying to think of like some some i i guess i'm just to kind of go off the rails a little bit you know i'm just i'm just so tired of people trying to make movies out to be things that they're not in general I mean, I guess Solo reminded me of this because, you know, the whole dark thing. But, you know, I'm just tired of people being like, this movie has means this thing because of this. I just I don't I don't think that that's really what film or even film criticism should really be talking about. You know, like, I don't know, man. I just maybe I'm grumpy. Is there no? I'm, I'm I follow you completely, I, and it makes me the whole time I was thinking, who is this movie for? Right. You know, is it for? Is it for us to get enraged about to ensure that we talk about it? Is it is it is it clickbait? Like right. people are going to watch this and say this is ridiculous, but I think that there's clues throughout about mm-hmm. who they want to watch it. And there was there's a line in it, another one of those lines that it's on my list of things I liked, because but I should also say that the things I liked never led to what I hoped they would be. So mm-hmm. it's things I liked in the moment I heard them. Right. If, 
So one of those things was where they're looking at the list of bad guys. And do you remember this line where he says, there are only two passports on the street, sports and the military. Hmm. Do you remember that line? I do, yeah. And I remember thinking, my first reaction was, fuck off, keep dreaming. Like, it's, it's a way to... It's a way for you to pander directly to your hopeful audience and say, you know, I, we really hope that people in the military and people that like sports like this movie. Mm-hmm. But it made me think that, I mean, that that's also kind of people who fantasize about doing crimes but don't actually do them. Yeah. That might be sports in the military. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I think that I know who this movie is for, for sure. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, I'm sure this movie did great on uh, Redbox or whatever. It's for the average Redbox viewer, I think. And uh, <laughs> what I mean by that is that, well, drive to any Redbox and just take a look at who's renting the Redbox movies. And that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> I have nothing else to add. I'm not going to say whether that's a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying. Threw down the gauntlet. Take a just go there and take a look. We're, you're not gonna see a Mensa, uh, you know, member. Red, you do. It does seem like people are settling at the red box. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's always like, I don't know, man. Like, who says? Who does that? Who's like, you know what? I'm headed to the red box. Like, we're going. Like, I don't. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's 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 an incomplete thought because. I don't actually feel like being that mean today. And it's a really mean thought. Um, it does feel very positive. Let's keep it positive. What do you think yeah. of Cheddar Bob's performance? I thought he had a decent, he had a decent he role. Really good. I thought he did good and I thought he looked great for it. I thought that he constantly That's a looked good like, look. I thought he constantly looked like he should be drinking uh, Monster. Like I just, every time I looked at him, I thought Monster Energy Drink. But he had everything, dude. He had to look so great. Like the, the, the flat brim, uh, basically Monster Hat, whatever it was, it was a, it was a Monster Hat. Um, and he always had like shorts that went, you know, halfway down the shin, you know, he just, he looked like, um, people who I know, uh, in Oklahoma who are like, he looked like, like those working looked, class low life dudes. He looked like uh, that. My theory is that he is exactly who they want to watch the movie. Yeah. That's, that's what I was trying to say. And I might cut out all of my means stumbling around and, uh, and that, <laughs> no, that's, no. that's what I mean. That's what I was trying to say. No, no, I, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, um, okay, let me, let me let me put it this way, man. When I moved, uh, or when I used to move furniture, I used to work with this dude, Brett, and he was, Brett was about, like, 5'4". He wore Monster Energy hats all the time. He had, like, <laughs> he, he, and he was a relatively nice guy, but he was, like, maybe, like, IQ 95, 90 maybe, you know? Um, he was just not, he wasn't firing on all cylinders. And he loved, like, Disturbed and Saliva, and shit and he loved you know talking about uh titties and stuff and beer and just like he would have watched den of thieves and been like this movie fucking rules you know that's yeah. all i have to say okay okay we back at it yeah we're back let's go and in this corner weighing in at 850 pounds deep shit heat oh ah. <laughs> You ever hear that song, Guns N' Roses, Get In The Ring? No. They're like, weighing at 850 pounds, Guns and Roses. <laughs> That's how one of the songs starts. Dude, I But don't... you know what? These, these guys would not listen to Guns N' Roses, I don't think. No. I think that it's a little too, um, 
a little too old fashioned for that. Listen to like Power Man Five Thousand. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of uh, fucking uh, what's his name? Uh, the uh, beefy Pacino. Um, his uh, I forgot his name all of a sudden. Um, guy from Three Hundred. Oh, Gerard Butler. Butler. What is up with all his rings? Does that fit the character? He's like Keith Richards with all those rings. The donut, yes, okay. But what an enigma. He's covered in jewelry. I is that yeah. am I missing something? Well, I think that yeah, I think that, that probably that goes back to Denzel Washington's iconic. Oh, uh, you're absolutely right. In uh, training day. Right. He he was the bejeweled bad cop, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, so jewelry is just kind of a sign of like, you know, he's out here in these streets. <laughs> Street theater, baby. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think that's pretty much it. If we're going with the idea that this movie is literally just uh, kind of a collage of of better movies that the, <laughs> that the director really has seen, you know, like twenty times each, then it's probably just because. Denzel had jewelry in Training Day. <laughs> it was so weird because I, like I said, I was kind of on board with the donut thing, and then the next scene, he's in the bar and he's got, he, it's filmed so his hands are way out in front of him to make his hands look huge. Right. And he's got a ring on every finger, and I thought, this, he doesn't fit the profile. Who is this man? Damn, that's a lot of rings. I used to wear that's a lot, lot of rings when I was, uh, <laughs> when I was out there being single and stuff. I used to have like a big ass skull <laughs> ring. I had. Uh, well, that's this... what he's got. He's got all those pirate rings. Yeah, he's got that like I'm really lonely uh, ring collection. I don't know, man. <laughs> Ladies love the he rings. Fit, he didn't fit the profile. Yeah. You ever see uh, what's that fucking movie? Um, Murder by Numbers. Uh, it's it's uh, Sandra Bullock's uh, tough cop movie where she plays a cop on the edge. No, that and sounds amazing. She has a she has a line. In, it's essentially Miss Congeniality, the prequel, because in that movie she's a tough cop, but. She actually made a movie where she's a tough cop, and she's mm -hmm. got to find these. I think Ryan Gosling's in it. I think he's one of the genius killer kids. But what's what's hilarious is it has one of the worst lines I've ever heard in a cop thriller. I repeat it all the time, even though no one thinks it's as funny as I do. Yeah. But she says, she goes, the profile doesn't fit the profile. And I just thought that was the dumbest line. Like what? somebody says, no, that doesn't fit the profile. And she's like, the profile doesn't fit the profile. It's, like, it's one of those things that sounds okay on the surface. Right. But when you think about it, you're like, but what it, then what does it sound like? Yeah, that's it's like some mammoth shit, you know, like right. everybody needs money. That's why they call it money. Yeah. She, she's not doing that on purpose. She's Right, right, right. That's why they call it money. But it's like, but why do, does calling it money make it money? Like, but and Mammoth's trying to say, you know, something about people. I don't know. He's he's trying to he's trying to make don't a defend like a, David Mammoth on this podcast. Oh no, overrated oh, bullshit. See, I love David Mammoth. That's uh, a whole that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah, we can get into that. We Ma can talk Mammoth's, about Mammoth. What I'm saying is Mammoth is clearly in on the joke of why that line's funny, and uh, the profile doesn't fit the profile. Nobody's in on it. That joke. They think sure. that's genius. Yeah. Uh, Oh, this is what I was going to ask you about. There's, this is one of those tried and true moments from cop movies, where a cop comes home, he comes home and he's a piece of shit, and to be a piece of shit, he has to like hit the fridge, yeah. by hit by hit the fridge, like find some old food, 
feed himself. You said Butler's always eating in this movie. They I, know, have, they... I know where you're going with this, but please continue. Because <laughs> it's actually, I'm glad you brought it up because it's my complaint as well, but go ahead. Well, let, let me hear your complaint because I was just going to say that they got him drinking Pepto out of the bottle, you yeah, know. Yeah. He's got the heartburn, um, which I can sympathize. That's about where I'm at with my heartburn these days, but I don't chug it straight from the bottle. Sure. And there's just, the, there's always that moment of the cop like, eating shitty food in the morning and it's supposed to, I, I don't know what it's supposed to do these days because it's such a postmodern experience. I can't look at it right. without thinking of the hundreds of movies where a cop goes to the refrigerator and is a piece of shit. He's like, mm -hmm. I'm going to eat old. Usually it's old Chinese food means you're a piece of shit. Right, right, right. Um, well, this one, I don't know if you remember this, but he drinks a lot of milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I just remember watching the scene because his wife walks down the the brief scenes that his wife is in there she's she's like better than the rest of the movie like she's <laughs> she actually knows like what she's supposed to be doing there and like i don't know but anyway she does this well, really great she, thing maybe, where she walks maybe in the south korean uh, airplane version of the movie because in my version she says a lot of dumb shit oh yeah probably <laughs> yeah that's a good point um <laughs> They, they probably took out, like, women talking offensively. That's probably <laughs> something they, they specifically looked for. Um, I wish I was joking, but that's probably true. But uh, but anyway, no. Um, so she goes down there, and she's like, you're back in this jipper. I, I, I found these text messages or whatever. And, like, I can't really see the text messages. And then he's like, he, like, grabs her, and he pulls her in. And oh, he, you know, yeah, You know yeah. he smells like a stripper, but his I couldn't help but think of his breath. The whole scene, he's like talking. He's like, "Please, baby, listen to me." And I just imagine that like sour milk breath, like going all over. It's and street I was theater. Like, street theater, baby. I was just, I was just getting like sick to my stomach. So I just, the rest of the movie, I thought of him as like the guy with the milk breath. Like, Every had, time they show him, you hear the Ren and Snippy noise. Yeah, exactly, exactly. His whole, his whole kind of persona, just like he, he really, he did kind of look like a divorced dad. You had mentioned the rings and stuff, you know. I remember when my dad got divorced. Um, I went to go see him. He was he was parked in his truck. And it's really weird now because when he got divorced, I was like sixteen or seventeen, but he was uh, he was like thirty four, so he was actually almost my age, right? When this happened, yeah. Uh, and I remember going to see him. And I remember he was smoking a cigarette, and he had gotten an earring, and he had a bunch of rings on. And he was just sitting there smoking a cigarette, listening to saliva, click, click, boom. And I remember he smelled really bad. And like when I remember when I saw him, like when I saw Gerard Butler in this movie, like I was getting flashbacks, like divorced dad flashbacks. Like, so I guess they did. I guess they did that well. I guess you they maybe it sounds like they, they hit a nerve. Yeah. My my only divorced dad story. uh, uh Hopefully they, my dad or my stepmom won't listen to this. But when my mom and my dad were getting a divorce, uh, he's they were in the pro, they were separated, living separate, and he was um, dating my stepmom. I'm not exactly sure about the time frame, but uh, I remember this was back in when I was in high school. So I started getting these um, like self righteous breaking up the family kind of mm, thoughts. Right, right, right. Yeah. So she this was before cell phones. So um, he would. Uh, uh, she, I don't know if she called, somebody called and I answered it and they hung up. So I star 69 and called him back and I got on the phone and was like, stay away from our family. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 
Oh, it's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. And then they're they're happily married now because because they just had to ignore the the idiot uh, son who still lived with his dad. Like my brother had moved out. My Mm -hmm. sister was living with my mom. But I'm like, eh, me and my dad are going to live together and eat five sandwiches every day and watch movies. This is going to be perfect. And I'm like, she's going to ruin it. She's going to ruin this perfect setup. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Uh, if you're listening, if you're listening, Kathy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So that we can we can do the scene where we you know we eat old Chinese food and right, pick right. pizza pizza up That's, off the floor. What are Did some you, other I, what are some other dirt bag signs? I like this I like this thread of inquiry. I like well, the Chinese dude, food. The, uh, the have you ever seen uh, End of Days? Yeah, probably has the that has the last word on shit bag eating old food. Yeah. Schwarzenegger is the the grizzled cop, yeah. and he goes into his if I remember correctly he goes into his kitchen in the morning, he puts coffee. Pepto-Bismol. It's always got to be the pink Pepto-Bismol. And he's got an old beer off the off his counter. Mm-hmm. He's got a bo- the very distinctive box of Chinese food. And then a picks a piece of pizza up off the fucking floor. Puts it in it. a blender. Puts it all in a blender and makes a smoothie out of it. Oh, now, nice. And at that point, like, it's not even realistic. Like, nobody's going to drink that, right? But he fucking chugs well, that's it. That's like, uh, like, what is... Uh, that's Se- satire at that point. That's yeah. satire. Yeah, what does Sebastian's dad put in the blender in NeverEnding Story? Remember that at the beginning of NeverEnding Story? Uh, <laughs> I, that's actually, that's that weird limbo of a movie I, that Amy has seen that I haven't seen. Oh, you've never seen NeverEnding Story. Okay, well, anyway, the dad is, I think, uh, remember the show Major Dad? Yeah, yeah, I know him. The guy, the guy from Major Dad is the dad in that. And there's a scene at the beginning where you know he's uh, the kids going to school, and he's just there. He just has his dad there, and uh, it's a never-ending story or never-ending story too. Anyway, um, yeah, his dad is just like putting shit into a blender. It's like a banana and like a piece of bread and like lettuce and just all kinds of just random shit it's like cereal. And he pours it all into a blender <laughs> and then like drinks it. And it was a nice, it was a nice touch because it's just kind of. I think that if you put it all in the same, you know, general food family, I think it could be a tasty treat. It's the never-ending story one you just described sounds like it'd be tasty. Mm-hmm. End of end of days smoothie? No, 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 yeah, no, no. It's coffee. It's too much coffee, he, beer, Pepto, pizza, and he, old Chinese food. Yeah, he's he's mixing sweet and savory there. He's crossed yeah. the line. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's just disgusting. That, yeah, well, that's like that. Uh, was Cobra is very famous for the Stallone cutting his pizza with the scissors. You remember that moment? Yeah, I do. It, so everybody talks about like, why does he cut his pizza with scissors? It just occurred to me the other day why he does that because I never noticed that right I love before that, this that thought he, just comes to you. You're like, oh, <laughs> right. Sorry, it, it makes sense though. No, but he if the scene uh, for those who don't remember is Cobra uh, Stallone playing a guy named Cobretti comes home for the day and to sh- uh, to show you that he's a bachelor cop on the edge he goes and gets a questionable meal and his meal he pulls a carton of eggs and a box a pizza box out of his fridge and he sits down and he takes a pair of scissors and he cuts a triangle from the front of the piece of pizza and throws the rest away. So he's got this tiny piece of pizza, which he starts to eat, which is confusing enough. Then he opens up the carton of eggs and there's a gun cleaning kid in there and he starts to clean his gun. And so everybody is like, what a badass. He cuts his pizza with scissors and eats a tiny piece. And for the longest time, I assumed he did it because those guys that are, you know, he's like a workout junkie. Right. He doesn't watch his calories or whatever. He's watching his calories. So he's like, I'm going to allow myself a tiny piece of pizza. Mm. But then then you think, well, why the scissors? 
And, and I finally realized watching it the other day, he, he takes the pizza box out of the freezer. He has to cut it. He, he's even more badass than we oh. thought. It's frozen pizza. Oh, he eats the frozen pizza. See, he doesn't even need to cook pizza, and people lost sight of that. People thought, well, he's he's such a badass, he cuts pizza with scissors. No, he he's such a badass, he eats frozen pizza. That's different. That's a Damn. whole different guy. It's Damn. a different I didn't get yeah. that. I didn't either till recently. It changed everything. Mm-hmm. It changed a lot. It changed a lot of things in my in my real life, actually. See, if they made... <laughs> If they made that movie today, he would have to cut it with frozen, or he would have to cut it with uh, scissors, and you'd have to see, like, frozen-ass steam coming off of it, and he'd have to be like, ooh, chili, or something, just just to make sure everybody, because everybody has to understand exactly what's happening at every moment of every movie. You they know? do. Like, they do. That know. was... That was one of the last mysteries is solved now. So what are we going to do with I it? I watched, uh, I mean, I watched, I used to watch Back to the Future all the time when I was a kid. All the time. And I, I watched it again uh, last night for the first time since I was a kid. And there's like, there's a lot of stuff that I missed in that movie, you know, that I just like, I didn't quite. I get. believe it. I believe it. That's the, like the Joe Dante Zemeckis, they cram their movies with a lot of cutesy backs, uh, the, the scenery jokes and right. details. Right. Like what stuff, what stuff did you notice? Um, well, I actually like, I, this is going to sound really, really weird, but I, I, I really missed a lot of like the, like the, the incest jokes and like the, the mom stuff, you know? Cause like it just, it didn't, I, I guess it just didn't really occur to me. I don't know how stupid of a kid I was, but I just, I just didn't really get that. Um, <laughs> I didn't get the, the Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan thing, which is also weird. Uh, <laughs> Um, I didn't like, there's like little, like where he's, he keeps trying to say, I'm your destiny, but he says, I'm your density, you know? And I was, was you missed a, you missed a lot. Young, young Dave missed quite a bit. I didn't get, I didn't, I didn't understand like what the terrorist thing was all about, you know, like the Libyans with the plutonium. Like I never understood why they shot Doc Brown, you know? Uh, and I got that finally last night. I'm like, oh, because he told him he's going to build. A... I don't. It just it all it all skipped me. You know, I, I missed the whole thing. Well, Libyan, so, that's fair enough. That's a, that was a pretty dark subplot. He's dabbling was. with terrorist nukes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it really is. But the, you know what? Okay, so answer me. You might know this. This how does how does Marty know Doc Brown? Uh, because Doc Brown, um, is a child molester and befriends, <laughs> that's what I befriends like... young, young boys and brings them home to experiments. Yeah. That's what I, <laughs> makes th- a lot, makes a lot of video. Apparently they, they videotape a lot. That's interesting. So what you're saying, so, so, but what you're saying basically is like it, it, I didn't miss anything. Like it's never explained why they're friends. I, I think that the fact that there's a lot of videotaping going on is our first clue as to how that relationship started. Sure, sure. Isn't that like notoriously, isn't that where Rick and Morty came from? Was those it guys is, yeah. Riff, yeah, riffing on the fact that that relationship makes no sense? Well, no, but like in Rick and Morty, it's his grandpa. It is, but if you, I guess Rick and Morty comes from an earlier uh, cartoon that was just straight up called Doc and Marty. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing was like, oh, I'm going to fuck you in the ass now, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> and they, and they uh, softened it. You know, they made it a little right, more right, subtle. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's uh, – and there's things that like in Rick and Morty where he says Morty's name all the time to the point where it, it becomes like way overdone. You know, like every sentence he ends with Morty. But then in Back to the Future, Doc says Marty a lot. 
does. You know, he does. like he just he punctuates everything with Marty. But I guess didn't we're that kind have of off a track here? No, but doesn't that have it? Just reminds me. Isn't there a sequence of like a breakfast? Not that he's a grizzled cop, but isn't there like a gross breakfast scene, like cat food going into a cereal bowl or something? No, it's dog food. That's the very first scene. Yeah, it's how he feeds his dog. He has a little machine. like a Rube Goldberg that bullshit. Be, that might be a clue as to why he knows Doc Brown because he's kind of into robotics. He has that huge subwoofer that he hooks his guitar into that like blows him across okay. the room. Like he's a little inventor himself, basically. So yeah, he's got he's got a lot going on in his house. There's a lot of clutter. Right, right. But he never strikes for somebody who's supposed to be like an inventor. He's also just kind of like the oh gee whiz oh shucks guy to to Doc Brown. Well, that's what's so dark about the sequels is that it, it essentially says that he is an asshole, that he grows up to be a piece of shit. He's he's manipulative and he's it's kind of like the reversal that uh, the new Cobra Kai show is doing with the characters from Karate Kid, right. which is fascinating, is that in the sequels to Back to the Future, he is a wormy little weasel who his his immediate reaction to stealing the or is to steal that uh sports almanac and try to make money and then he ruins the world with it right you know and he and when he, he looks at his future he's like oh my god I, i'm so embarrassed at what i've become and it's like he's always been that if right. people have like people have went back and analyzed like we've always seen clues of him being like that right uh, so i guess the marty is not great he, he's not a he's not a very heroic character but anyway <laughs> Whoa, jesus oh i had to get jesus. that one out jesus rick <laughs> oh jeez rick oh jeez rick you gotta belch all the time <laughs> yeah i had a you know huge a fun, ass burrito but what you know it's a fun reversal of um it just occurred to me that we're talking about the shitty the cop the burned out cop coming home mm-hmm. uh you ever see the hard way with uh james woods and um and your boy michael j fox it just reminded me of that i was no. thinking of michael J. fox movie. so your boy marty he's he um he plays like a rich Hollywood guy and James Woods is like a gritty cop and Marty wants to play a gritty cop in a movie. So he's like, I'm going to find the grittiest cop and I'm going to be his partner. And so on the news, he sees this uh, this clip. It's in the, the 80s. So the clip kind of goes viral in an 80s way. People are watching this clip of James Woods uh, saying he's going to kick somebody's ass or whatever. He's like, I'm going to fuck you up like a bum on a bologna sandwich. I'm going to be there. And um, Marty's like, Marty's like, this is the guy. I want to be like this cop, and then I'll get the part. So he goes and shows up, and what's fun about that movie is that he's a gritty cop who smokes and he swears and he breaks rules and and he's an asshole. Mm -hmm. But they go to his house, and it's immaculate. Mm -hmm. And Marty's like – Marty comes in. He's like, oh, shit. Look at this. You got got like a piano in the corner. And he's like, interesting, interesting. And he looks around. He goes, you know what? Nobody would believe it. Fuck it. I can't use it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. They go on to something else. And it's like a fun reversal that the burned out cop probably would have a nice place. He'd probably have clean floors and he probably wouldn't spend a lot of time there. Yeah. Like, does he have to have, does he have to be living in a pile of Chinese food boxes? Right. Like, there's well, not because a lot. he's probably trying to fuck a lot. If he's a bachelor, right? I mean... <laughs> sure. He's got to keep the place nice. <laughs> so what, we could put this thing to bed. This is a good episode. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we covered it all. I'm, my notes, um, after I got some notes that are kind of gibberish at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? It says, uh, well, it's we can, well, actually just real quick. The heist has about eight steps that are unnecessary. We can, we can say that, right? Like I was actually confused about why the, wait, why was the distraction necessary in the first place? 
You mean the China, the food thing? The no, the hostage situation. Like, why was that necessary? You know, it. it I guess the idea is to keep them busy, but because they flipped uh, little ice cube. So they had, once they flipped him, they had to give him false information. And because, Oh my God, I hate to say it because in heat, they had this misdirection yeah. where they had, they sent the guys, um, they sent them on a kind of a wild goose chase. Cause they'd flipped, uh, uh, what's his name? Dan, uh, Danny, uh, the, the, I can't think of his name. The, the, the Trail, yeah, they flipped him, so they were given false information. So in heat, they show up late. Um, it was, and but it actually, it's more of a, it's more of a fucking uh, Ocean's Eleven field, wasn't it? Like right. the heist within the heist. Remember in Ocean's Eleven, they had a different heist and they filmed it mm-hmm. so that they they were looking at a video of a fake heist, oh, so they yeah. never knew it was happening in the real place. Right. It was just another layer. It just feels like a. See, I don't actually, exact- I don't actually care about the misdirection stuff in heist movies. I like just a really thoughtful, well, like him hiding in the money and stuff. Like, I liked all that, you know. I like those cool tricks. But the misdirection thing where it's like, oh, now to show you the prestige. It's like, I don't really. It's just, <laughs> it's extra. I mean, I feel like it's it, it speaks again to the way I was off. I was off my game as far as what I was supposed to ex- expect from the movie. Mm. I didn't think I was expecting a twisty kind of, and it's a very mammoth kind of heist, actually, if you look at the end of it, or a, or a Soderbergh when he becomes, you know, his late career Soderbergh t- twist. Because the whole time I think I'm watching a 90s movie, right? With a 90s movie, you get, you have a more straightforward ending. Um, and it's so, it feels so nineties, you know, they got prison rape jokes, mm-hmm. gay bashing jokes. They call each other homos or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that genre, you know, mm-hmm. but today I see that and I'm so guarded. Like I, what I said earlier about satire, like I, I never had a sure foot that the filmmakers even knew what they were doing. So I'm guarded as to what my expectations are. And that's not saying that I'm, that that was a huge twist. Like, Oh my God, look at how sophisticated it's got. It's just like, do I want this? I thought I was in a nineties movie and you know, I thought, I thought I knew where I was and I feel like you're, it's just a big, like my my friend Mark described it as, Hey, you want to see the favorite, this guy's DVD collection. Essentially this movie is, it's it's his DVD collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, it just came to me. Okay, they did the hostage thing. You're right, because... Inside yeah, the, man. The, the, yeah, the, well, the cops are on to them, so they're following them everywhere. So that's uh, how they get them off their ass, right? Right. Because they'll, they're, uh, basically, the idea is they'll be occupied with the hostage situation for a long time. But it's like, with Ice Cube's initial plan, like, was, was that a part... Did he know that the cops were going to... Get it. I don't know. I hate. I really no, that, hate. That I, shit, I hate the that shit knowing makes no every. Sense. I hate the knowing because every they, step of the way thing because you know what? Part of the fun of heist movies is when like like Logan Lucky did this pretty good. Like stuff goes wrong in Logan Lucky, right? And they have to kind of you know the hose breaks and they're like, I'll just leave it. You know, we've gotten enough. Um, <laughs> right. Like stuff, yeah, no, stuff I, goes wrong, but like in movies where when things go wrong, that's also a part of the. It's so annoying. It's like. Yeah, I want to see him deal with with problems, not pretend to deal with them because later it's like ta da. Mm-hmm. It's like with the the um, fucking triple nine, when the die pack explodes when they're in traffic. I love yeah. that sequence. Right. I love that because they got to deal with it. In um, 
it just reminded me in this movie they have a dye pack situation, but they're dealing with it. Uh, they put them all in water. Does that yeah. make a dye pack blow up? I, I, I don't think. Curious. I don't think that science. I don't think that science is correct. I don't know what they were supposed to have done there, but isn't I the point think. like a dye pack is set off because when you leave the bank, it's kind of like when you if you steal clothes. Yeah. Once you go past the doorway, it's got just a couple minutes and it's going to blow. No, no, they don't blow up. They don't blow up. They just you can't take them off. So with dye packs, it's like you can't – if you open the bag, the dye pack goes off. See, I thought a bundle – a certain bundle of money, it would pop once it got away from mm, – Maybe now. I could see that happening now with – but I know with like tags on clothes, it's just that you can't get the tag off unless you have the like machine to do it or else ink will get all over your shirt. Um, yeah. And I think that it's, I think that that's – like because it, it always happens when they open the bag in movies, like in good time – when he opens that the bag and they they, they they get the red paint all over themselves. You ever see Good uh, Time? Yeah, I did. Yeah, we talked about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I uh, yeah, I just was wondering because I, I thought I had the dye pack thing pinned There's down. There's somebody listening right now who is like, these guys are <laughs> fucking morons. Like, <laughs> Probably, probably. But, uh, I mean, how smart are we? We watched a three-hour heat knockoff. Um, yeah. It should have it said at the beginning – Character, uh, based on characters created by Michael Mann's pituitary gland. Right, right. We, we sat through that and we analyzed that like it was our, we're going to do our fucking college thesis on it. So calling us stupid is kind of like an insult to stupid people at this exactly. point. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that'll do it. Does that wrap it up? What that about, uh, I think, yeah, that's about all I, yeah, I mean, uh, just to sum up, I think, I usually hate it when people say something is not as smart as it thinks it is. You hear that line a lot. You see that in a lot of reviews. They're like, this movie's not as smart as it thinks it is. Because it usually means that a viewer has just identified something smart. Mm. And then they got mad because Mm -hmm. they recognize. Recognition goes a long way towards people being angry. Or repetition and recognition. Mm -hmm. But here I think that line makes sense. I feel like this is a good example of something that's not as smart as it thinks it is. And that's. And it shouldn't try to. It shouldn't think it's smart. Like that's its biggest crutch, mm-hmm. is that it's less fun that way. Like right. even little things, like the tiny text on screen when it said things were happening, use giant goofy fucking old English mm-hmm. tattoo script on the screen. Go yeah. bong. Right. Why do that tiny subtle text like you're documenting uh, the last days of uh, JFK? You right. know. Oh, anyway. and the text could actually be in old English, and every time it happens. Like there could be a computer-generated floating Grim Reaper with like glitter coming out the bottom of his robe, like you're in a slot machine in Vegas that like <laughs> sweeps across the screen before the letter. Right. But like, uh, just really briefly, also those little title cards like telling you where they were in L.A. meant absolutely uh, nothing. It's like Hawthorne. Yeah. It's like it I don't made, know what Hawthorne means. It just made it seem like it was. They thought it was a. It was a real movie. Yeah. I did learn a new word with this movie because I was talking about it with somebody. And they were talking about, like, yeah, it's got a lot of tactical in it. Mm, yeah, I and like I was that. like, tactical, I love it. Oh, one and more it, thing. There is there is a literal two and a half minute gun loading sequence in this movie. <laughs> With Where all those little clicky sides, noise, all those little mantis noises. Both sides are fucking loading up their guns and just... <laughs> And they're so overloaded with gear in that first sequence, and all that shit is what? To break the windshield? Yeah. <laughs> they're head to toe in all that tactical gear yeah. so they can break that fucking windshield. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, if you do not get out of this car, 
oh, we will remove you from this car. We have all the gear to do it. And here comes this fucking transformer around the corner. And then this guy's like, this John Cena looking dude is like, I'm going to shoot. I'm going to defend this armored truck. And then it turns out the armored truck is empty. So like, why did that guy even care? Like, let them take it. Who cares? The whole movie's fucking dumb. All right, Dave, he, we're wrapping this up. With, he had an, an armored car, and uh, I'm just over here, mumble, mumble, heat, heat, mumble, <laughs> mumble, mumble, heat. <laughs>